Welcome to Sports Beat KC. I am Blair Kirkhoff. I am pleased to have in the studios of the Kansas City Star Bob Davis, the 13-time Kansas Broadcaster of the Year, 13 or 14. It's well, that's 14 now with the, this, this last one. There we go. But How about who's that? Who's counting? 14. Right? Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. You know, for the, for the past couple of weeks while the star was in between beat writers for Kansas, I filled in and, and my seat assignment at Allen Fieldhouse is right next to the radio duo of Bob Davis and Greg <laughs> Gurley. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, I have been stunned by the number of well-wishers that come yeah. up to you uh, before the game, after the game, and sometimes while you're on the air. Right. <laughs> and... Um, and and wanting to you know just wanting to tell you how much you have meant to them and and, and um, really enhance their you know their enjoyment of of college sports. You know, in November uh, you announced your retirement, and I, I, I sensed that the news was met with some disbelief by many Kansas fans who kind of only know the Jayhawks through your voice. And uh, and and now there's this real I think growing appreciation for a career that's going to end just short of 30 years at, at KU and maybe just short of a half century? 32 at KU, yeah. Okay, 32 total, at KU yeah, and, right. and almost a half century. Yeah, in the, 48 in the total. Okay. Wow. I was well, eight when I started, so that explains <laughs> some of that. <laughs> well, I guess I want to start this off by asking you if you've started to feel a little nostalgic about everything yet. Absolutely. I have looking at those parking passes, that little pad's getting smaller, and we're down to two home games, <laughs> and, and which is, you know, two games. And then I think, and unless you go to the national championship game, you won't know which will be the last game. That's right. So, yeah. So you, you, better, you better have at least uh, some form in your, formed in your, your mind what you might say on that last, uh, for that wow. last one. Hopefully, maybe for in, in your case, for Kansas fans, it's, um, you know, what a way to go out. Wouldn't with, that be something? Well, you know. With confetti in your head. I suggested it to Bill. He didn't seem totally opposed to that idea. <laughs> Extend the season into April. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I'm so glad you're here to talk to us. I want to let uh, people are, are interested in, in how you got into this business. And let me see if I have this right. I, born in Iola? Iola, Kansas. My dad was in the Pacific. At the time, Mom was with her parents, who were in Iowa at that time, and uh, he didn't see me till I think it was like 18 or 19 months old. So uh, we had to make up, and he'd make up that time at the end, which we did. And But, uh, yeah, that, Iowa, Kansas, we lived in Independence, where Dad, for a few years, worked for the newspaper as the sports editor, did a little part-time radio work, in fact, and uh, then we moved to, believe it or not, Manhattan for two years. We lived in Manhattan. I went to two, uh, fifth and sixth grade there, and grade school kids could get into a Hearn Field House for 50 cents, and I could go watch Jack Parr and Bob, Bob Boozer, Boozer and Roy DeWitt, some of those great teams. Tex, Tex Winter, teams. Winter was the coach, and that was just that was an absolute blast. And from there to Topeka. Moved it? to Topeka, lived there through junior high, uh, high school, college years. And, yeah. College at Washburn, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then you were, you were off to become a lawyer, as I well. Dad right. wanted me to go to law school, and I think he had always thought that would be a great idea, be a great background for any business. And so I did go to law school for a year, but I really had this broadcast thing in mind. And in, in those days, you you had deferments when you were in college, and mine was going to run out after one year of law school. So I, I joined a, a reserve unit and went to basic training and so on. And I told Dad, Dad, when I come back. I want to try this other thing. And he said, well, okay. So, so I did. My brother, 
young, much younger brother did go to law school later, and I know Dad took great pride in that. But uh, I don't think that was necessarily for me. I have a lot of friends <laughs> I went to law school with, but uh, I did. I was fortunate to get to have a plan or a, an idea of something I'd like to do and have it come true. There you go. And it starts in Hayes. Right. And uh, so you're, so, uh, I want to say 1968? So, summer of 68, I get the job at KAYS Radio and Television. And uh, we had a really good staff of guys. In fact, they had told me a while later, I'm not, listen, I'm not bragging about this. I think they saw me as a nice economic move. But I was the first person they had hired full-time who had not worked somewhere else. That was my first job, and it was a great opportunity to do radio, everything you could do there, and television. And uh, as luck would have it, after about three months, our news and sports director left to take a job in Michigan, so I got to kind of fall into the sports stuff. But even before that, it was 68 was an election year. Since he left, I got to have a fairly prominent role on election coverage on television which was a heck of an experience in 1968. I've, I've been fascinated by the whole thing in broadcasting, not just being a sports guy, but you know the whole thing and, and the news and entertainment and, and everything that goes with radio and television. But I love radio. Radio is so personal. You know, it's a one-on-one -on -one deal. It's human voice conversation. I just think, you know, I don't know what the future of radio is exactly, but it's certainly been great while I've been part of it. Well, and I think sports on radio is is such a um, uh, there's just such a connection between right. fan and uh, and I know people who the Royals over the last couple of years I think have reconnected with a fan sure, base absolutely. here with, the, and, with Denny Matthews mm -hmm. and, and the, some of the voices there. They now connect with a happy time in their lives. Absolutely, and, and, and that's what's and and so there was a happy very happy time for. Fans of Forte State in 1984, as you're calling uh, <laughs> basketball. National championship, NAIA championship. Bill Morris was the coach, and, of course, the games were at, at Kemper Arena. So I've uh, covered th three teams that won national titles, and two of those games were at Kemper Arena. How's that for, for right <laughs> in, your, in your backyard? Of course, KU in 88. You told me something earlier I didn't realize, that uh, in that year that uh, you covered uh, the final, what, what proved to be your final year covering Forte State or calling their games, you had done some uh, work for another uh, black and gold Tigers team. <laughs> I, Missouri Tigers. I filled in for my buddy John Rooney on about half the broadcast. I was so nervous that I would say Fort Hayes. You know, I'd only done Fort Hayes 16 years. They're black and gold, but I don't think I ever did. And, you know, that was a, an interesting experience. The Missouri Net at that time had like 75 stations, including KMOX in St. Louis. So it was a real thrill to do those ball games. Norma Stewart was great. And that really, you know, kind of led to the association with Learfield at that time, and that evolved into KU the next year. Next year, and it's um, the the eighty four eighty five season, which is Larry Brown's second, right, second at year. at Kansas. Danny Manning's freshman year. Right, Danny uh, and I are classmates. We like to say, <laughs> <laughs> Jayhawks were on their way to a a incredible stretch of of men's basketball that continues to this day. You're there, almost on the ground floor of right. this. That must have been. Um, it must have been an exciting time for you. Oh, it really is. And, the, you know, KU basketball had been big, you know, at times. The Clyde Lavellet years and Wilt Chamberlain and, you know, Fogg Allen is part of KU and, and Dick Harp and Ted Owens, you know, had a great run. He had two Final Fours and could have had another one except for one little <laughs> out-of-bounds call. But uh, th there was great, great history and great tradition. But, uh, you know, winning the title with, with Danny and the Miracles and the things that happened after that have maybe probably taken it, as they say, to a new level. 
Let me ask you this. I've always been curious uh, asking uh, uh, broadcasters about this. Do you, uh, your call of the end of the game, was, uh, uh, was there time to think about that or did it, was it extemporaneous? What, what did it just come to you? Yeah, I, I, I've never planned anything to say. I'm not smart enough because if you plan it, then it won't happen. But you have to, as they say, let the game come to you. You know, it is extemporaneous speaking, but you do prepare a lot, but you never know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, hopefully it was, it's satisfactory. It's, it's exciting. I, I think it's okay to show excitement. That's always been my approach. I, I've always told students in broadcasting classes about sports play-by-play. There are as many ways to do it as there are people doing it. And I can point out a lot of people, how they do it, how he does it, completely different, and they're both successful. I think you have to be yourself and, uh, you know, be, do the things you have to do, but uh, that's the formula. You, you can want the team that you're calling games for to win the game. Well, I think you have to be aware what your audience is. If I'm doing a, a game on the Jayhawk network, probably most of my audience might be Jayhawk fans, and they would be happy if that was ha- – that. you can be – being impartial and being objective are a little different. I think you have to be objective and understand other teams have good players. Buddy Heald happens to be a really good player. There are a lot of things like that, but it's okay if your team wins. Right. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah, okay, I, good. I, 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 I understand. I, I, think that's part of, I think that's part of the connection and affection that fans feel for – for their broadcasters. Yeah, for, for, for the quote-unquote voice of For Wyatt of Thompson the team. at K-State, exactly. for Mike Kelly at Missouri. Absolutely. Sure. So, uh, okay, so the, the, they win the 88 National Championship in dramatic fashion. <laughs> then there's a, a, some, some, something of a change at Kansas. Roy Williams <laughs> comes in. Uh, Glenn Mason comes in for football. It's right. a, kind of a different era now or a new era mm-hmm. in, in, in Kansas athletics. Uh, and that got me wondering about – you know, in addition to the multitude of jobs and that, that you've had and, and hats that you wear for Kansas, part of that is having to deal with these coaches on a, um, a on a talk show basis. On you have oh, to yeah. get you have to get to know these coaches in yeah. in a way that probably no other pe- nobody else gets to know them, and um, they all have their own personalities. Uh-huh. Some easier to work with than others. Oh, sure. You know, just like some, uh, you know. People you deal with every day are harder to work with than other people. Some coaches are just right here down the line. Some are, you know, Bill Self is probably the ultimate guy who is a guy. He gets it. He understands what he's doing. He kind of has a feel for what you're doing. Uh, He'd be a great example of of a wonderful guy to deal with. Now, not that some of the other guys weren't, but you have to kind of figure him out. And uh, some guys are more sticklers for certain details than others. Some are, you know, uh, kind of unorganized. I always said Larry Brown was kind of his life was kind of chaotic, except for the basketball part. He was a genius. He's a ba- you and I've talked. He's a basketball savant. Yep. He remembers the inbounds play the Carolina Cougars ran against the Kentucky Colonels. You know that won the game and the ABA, and that's not an understatement. But it's fascinating to get to know and work with those guys because they're all really good at what they do and uh, I really admire that this this will be a, a great opportunity to remind people of, of something a job that you had that I, I don't know if many people remember this but you were the national voice for the women's final four I was I think I did the women's final four five or six times in the 90s in the 90s yeah when when KU didn't go to the 
Final Four. I invariably got to do that, and that was a really interesting experience. And you talk about wanting your team to win. That was a chance to do a completely neutral national broadcast. And while I enjoyed it and it was fun and an interesting experience, it wasn't as much fun. As, no. You know. But you called uh, Connecticut's first national championship. Yes, we did. We got that rolling for them, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, and then right. the big uh, last-second shot for North Carolina. And, yep. Uh, yes. You, know, we, you were along on uh, some I, I was for, for, yeah, uh, we, were, we, we covered the women's Final Four back then. Having back that in, in Kansas day. City, wasn't that a great event at that time? That was. Uh, it was because Kansas, that was the 98 season, right. and Kansas went out in the second round. Uh-huh. So basketball fans in this part of the country could could uh, focus on the women's Final Four here. In, did you call that one in 98? I did. At Kemper? That was my last one. Okay. I mean, I've kidded you for years. I think now the record's been broken with the Royals and so on, but that was the biggest star coverage of any sport. Event. How many people did you have at covering that women's Final Four? Everybody but me, because I was at the men's Final Four in yeah. San Antonio that year. And we we did blanket that uh, the coverage of that. Um, you know, uh, so uh, Roy Williams gets to four Final Fours and and um, uh, the Glenn Mason a couple of bowl games, and then it turns over again in the two thousands with uh, Mark Mangino comes into Kansas mm-hmm. and uh, and Bill Self. Um, football, uh, we probably don't talk enough about that. Uh, football elevates, uh, yeah. gets gets to a place in 2007 that it had you know hadn't been for a century and hasn't been since. Right. Um, we we can talk forever about Kansas basketball and how great it is, but um, uh, that 2007 football season had to oh, had to be the best. It really was, and you know, that that school year, the 07 08 yeah. school year. I don't know if anybody's had a similar thing, maybe somebody has, but for the football team to go 12-1 and and go to a BCS Bowl and win it was just colossal. Chris Harris, you know, who plays for the Denver Broncos, was back at the spring game last year, and David Lawrence and I were asking about his experiences in college, and he said the best experience he had winning the Orange Bowl, and then at the end of the school year, the basketball team won the national championship. How's that for a, cool. one of the football guys to say that? But that was that was amazing, and I'm not sure we realized at the time exactly what it was, but it was colossal. It was, um, and uh, maybe we'll tie up uh, tie up football. It, it's uh, it, it's not in a good place, uh, at least right. competitively right now. Is um, what would have been your kind of observations about football over the last few years? Well, yeah, there been, you, when you have a lot of coaching changes, yep. you kind of go back to square one or maybe even beyond square one because you have attrition, and it's a numbers game, football, more than anything else. And when your numbers are down, it's really a difficult process getting that built back up. I think Dave Beatty, with his recruiting ties to Texas and his boundless energy, I mean, he's – he is on on the go all the time. I think he's got a chance to to get it where they want it to be, and uh, but it's going to take a little time, and people need to be patient, and I think they are. But uh, you know, he's you know he's lost a couple of staff members. He's going to have to replace that, but that's certainly doable. But but uh, hopefully, it's in the right hands. Shane Zenger, uh, I think, understands the importance of that, and 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 hopefully, it'll come to pass. Am I right about this? That besides <coughs> besides uh, Denny Matthews and Fred White, you would have called Royals games for as long or longer than anybody. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. That's probably true. Buddy Blattner left in the uh, in the seventies, so I would have been more years than that. I think because he started with the original team. Mm-hmm. Denny Treese did television for a number of years on Channel Four. Um, 
Ryan's probably past me now. Maybe. Yeah, yeah R- maybe Ryan, Ryan came like my second year, so Ryan. Ryan's he's an old timer now. So yeah. But that was a big chunk of a uh, big chunk of your career was. Uh, oh yeah. Doing the Royals. How, how'd that come about for you? Well, Paul. And, and, and I know baseball. Baseball was big for you. Love baseball. I've you know, been around minor league baseball, and I've been an A's fan, and felt so terrible when they moved. And then, of course, a Royals fan, and and uh, Paul Spudoff and I did pre and post game shows on KMBZ Radio, and uh, we had talked about maybe the opportunity. Some maybe we could work together somehow. And Split got the. They decided to add an analyst to the telecast, and he got that job. And then uh, two or three guys later. Uh, they had an opening, and I was fortunate to get it, and I think he ha- he helped a lot and some other people, and we teamed up on TV for a few years, and then uh, they decided to move guys around a little bit. Ryan wanted to do some TV as well as radio, so we all moved around, and, and that was interesting, so I got to do a lot of the, the radio as well, and that's one of the real, you know, in, a, in a way it's easy, and another way it's a real challenge doing Major League Baseball every day for, you know, 100 and my case about 150 games because I'd miss a few for football but and keeping it fresh but you know that's so unique about baseball I don't care what your record is and we saw some 100 lost teams over that period of time and a 19 game losing streak by the way you can uh, go to the ballpark and not know who's going to win that night true lousy teams win a third of their games so you take that to the ballpark and boy there's nothing like going to the ballpark on a summer night just terrific (laughs) um so what uh was 2013 or 2012 the final year? Uh, 12. I filled in on, on a handful of games in 13. When, right. When uh, it started to run the Ryan corner. had an addition to his family. But, right. uh, yeah, 12 was my last full okay. season, yeah. So it, it, um, I, I can remember t- uh, driving to work on, um, on, on days you know, 10, 15 years ago and listening to you uh, as the sports director of KMBZ, 980 AM, mm-hmm. while you were – uh, broadcasting Kansas games and Royals games, <laughs> I cannot imagine the schedule that you had to have kept in in those years during the crossover time. And with as a sports director, there was always crossover time, but right. um, you had to be the hard, hardest working man in broadcasting. Then how that was? Well, I wasn't time. digging fence post holes. I mean, it wasn't, ex- <laughs> but it was the kind of work I like. But as I always said, the hours aren't good, but there's lots of them. So. You know, you can kind of catch yourself coming and going, but I was doing morning sports and, and ball games, and when I was on the road, I did did the stuff uh, uh, from wherever we were for the radio station. But, yeah, that was pretty hectic for a while, but it's kind of what I signed on for. And, you know, I'm going to do major college football and basketball and major league baseball. Wow. You know, what would I have done to have this opportunity? Well, now I'm doing it. Great. Um as the um, as the season winds down, I, I know we, you and I have talked about this earlier, but the, the um, uh, you're you're visiting uh, arenas for the last time. Right. Uh, you're, you're now you've visited some for the last time, like Nebraska, Missouri, and Colorado. Right. Unno- not knowing that those were the last time yeah. you were going to be there. Isn't that sad? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. But Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, right. K State, others in in the buildings for, for the final time and. Um, and, I, and I know at some of these, uh, some of these uh, stops, you all of them, I think, that I've been to, mm-hmm. you've been honored and recognized. Right and that's a very nice gesture on the on these schools' part. And uh, uh, does it? Uh, you're starting to get a little nostalgic about well, this. Well, I, like I've told you before, the fraternity of our guys in our conference is really good, and other guys around the country that do the same thing we do. And the, the guys have been really nice. We'll get together here in Kansas City on Tuesday night before the tournament. I'll we'll have a dinner and. And uh, it may turn into more of a 
you know, a, a roast the way it's starting to sound. But uh, <laughs> the guys in our league are great, and they've all been, along with their athletic directors or coaches or whoever, very, very nice. Yeah. Um, what are you going to miss about this? Everything, I think. <laughs> you know, I've just done it for so long. Uh, there's an ego thing. I mean, you like, uh, but but it's that's not the main thing at the, at this stage. I've just enjoyed being part of it. You know, going on road trips and getting to know the kids. I've had in this last week at Allen Fieldhouse, so I had two guys come to visit with me, who played basketball at Fort Hayes in the early '70s. How about that? You know, well, who are these old guys? <laughs> no, no, and it's just so much fun to have that happen and think of all the people I've been around and the exhilarating moments or the heartbreaking moments that you share with all those people and and to have. I think a lot of friendships because of that. I, I can't look back and think of any other thing I would have rather done. I know one thing that that you're going to do in retirement, and that is uh, follow Stephen wherever he yeah. wherever he ends up broadcasting. You which bet. right now is at uh, at UMKC. He's and, doing and in football at uh, Washburn. Is it? Well, he did Washburn for a year. The la- this last year he did uh, two games a week on Channel 62. He did a high school game of the week on Friday, and then he did a Heart of America conference game of the week. So that'd give him a nice uh, bit of TV experience and ruse. And this will be his third year doing KU baseball. He did minor league baseball in the Royal system for nine years. He was at the rookie league team in Idaho Falls for three, and then at the double A Northwest Arkansas for six. So he knows a lot of these Royal players before yeah, many people they, knew them. Yeah. He was in on the ground floor yes, of he was. this team. So how about any other thoughts about retirement and what, uh, what what's the future hold for you? Well, we've got three grandchildren, thanks to Stephen and his wife, Katie, and uh, Landon's five and Will's three, and then our baby girl is uh, four and a half months. So that, that's great fun, and they're less than an hour away. So, you know, that that's a fun job for us right now, being learning how to be grandparents. There you go. You know, I think that's uh, that is going to wrap it up for us, Bob. I can't thank you enough for coming down here and uh, and sharing thoughts on your career and and um, on, on Kansas. Uh, we've had a great time talking to you today. today. Thank you. Thank Me you too. much. And uh, thank you for listening to Sports Beat Casey.